Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Revolution, everybody. Glad you could be here or wherever you are listening online. Always glad to have you. I'd like to thank everybody lately who's been commenting online and hitting us up on Facebook. I appreciate it. Always good to hear from people online. A um, couple things. One thing that's kind of funny that happened to me is the P.O. box that we have a P.O. box because we still have two people who send checks. I'm kidding. I'm not literally not kidding. <laughs> we have a P.O. box for two people. Um, our the 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 post office had an electrical fire. They tell me, and so now it's closed down. I think it's asbestos because it's been closed down a long time. So I had to go to the main the main uh, post office to get my on First Street which is a really cool post office. It looks like it was there since the 30s or 40s or something. It's really a beautiful post office. It's like a railroad railroad post office. But anyhow, that's not the story. The story is as I get there to pick up my stuff and pay, my P.O. box was overdue, blah, 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 and uh, get all that taken care of. And... They come out with a handful of magazines. And they're like, bloop. Well, I don't subscribe to magazines. And Revolution doesn't subscribe to magazines. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Because it wasn't just like one magazine. Like one, it wasn't just like, one was called like Ottawa or something. And another one was like Woodworkers. And then the other one was... Uh, National Geographic, and I was like, I was like, okay, well, we don't usually have. Uh, I'm like, this is weird, and so I just took it all and went over and went through it, and realized that there were bills for all these magazines, and so someone had signed us up for all these magazines as a joke, I guess, and then when I read who it was addressed to, it was addressed to. Gay Baker. <laughs> so I think maybe one of my conservative fans, conservative fans, conservative critics, had time on their hands and signed me up, signed Revolution up, or signed Gay Baker up for a bunch of magazines. And so, yeah, that was, that's fun. So I just put them all in the recycling bin, and I don't know. I don't. I hope these magazine companies aren't going to come after me because I didn't pay for them. But it was all these bills for like, you owe us money for this magazine. You owe us the magazines, and it's like. So there's a trick for you if you ever want to play a trick on somebody. You can just subscribe the mag. Subs- just fill out the subscription to magazine, and put bill me later. But it's nice to know that I still have people who care, even if they don't give a damn or, you know, if they don't like me. That's just nice. Someone has a feeling. Makes you feel like you still exist. 
Um, well, what else we got here? Um, my son asked me to bring his dinosaur to church today. So I did. He has two dinosaurs, and he goes, pick one, Papa. Pick one to take to church today. So I got him up here with me. Um, also today in the Star Tribune, I noticed that uh, there was an article on the cover of the newspaper about the shrinking church and how all these denominations are shrinking. And it was surprising to see the ELCA was on there. They're shrinking. Catholic Church is really shrinking. All these, you know, and it was, and revolutions shrunk, <laughs> you know. When we first started here in Minneapolis, we were doing a little bit more folks than we have now. But it's strange to see that it's just the church is shrinking. The people are not going to church anymore. Um, and it used to be that I just thought it was the cabin in the summer, but now I've realized even during the winter, people, I guess, aren't finding the church as relevant anymore. And uh, that's understandable. There's a lot of uh, bad theology out there and a lot of well and well, I think well-intended, but misguided theology out there. And uh, the church is, is, has, has not been a place for hope or grace that it should be. And uh, maybe we're hitting another enlightenment area, too, and people are just going, what do I need God for? I don't know. But I found that interesting to see that today. Um, on a personal note, I found a new psychiatrist. <laughs> Got a new, changed all my prescriptions, all my meds, and then the med that I got changed to, my insurance doesn't cover. Yeah, so it's a constant battle. I battle with depression. I share this because I know a lot of you folks here and online also battle with depression. So I like to just be like, hey, you're not alone. So we're going to appeal and try to try to be able to get the medication. So fingers crossed if you pray... <laughs> I could use some prayers if you have good vibes and good thoughts I could use those too or if you have a uh, pull at the insurance with insurance companies that would be great so we're going to get started today in Romans 3 uh, Romans 3 9 and basically to realize that we're we were in Romans last week and we were talking about nothing being able to separate us from the love of God. Not even the depths of hell. Not the highest mountains, nothing. We also talked about paying our debts of love. That we can't ever pay the debt of loving others. Um, but today we're going to talk about being a sinner. All people are sinners. This would be more interesting if I had 
listened more to my Paul Tillich class on Paul Tillich's ideals, ideas of sin because he's got some great ideas of sin. Um, and we might get into that a little bit, but we'll start. We'll start in. Three uh, nine. Well then, are we Jews better than others? No, not at all. This is Apostle Paul talking. We have already showed that all people, whether Jew or Gentile, are all under the power of sin. As the scriptures say, no one is good, not even one. No one has really understood, understanding. No one is seeking God. All have turned away from God. All have gone wrong. No one does good, not even one. Goes on to say, their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their speech is filled with lies. The poison of deadly snakes drip from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They are quick to commit murder. Wherever they go, destruction and misery follow them. They do not know what true peace is. They have no fear of God to restrain them. So this is pretty big, uh, pretty big. But Paul's writing this letter to Rome. And he's trying to say, hey, we're all one in this boat. And we're all sinners. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. I understand that. But for me, and Paul Tillich, sin is estrangement. You know, it's being estranged from the ground of being, from what some people call God. And um, it's an issue of estrangement. I think Paul is talking a little bit about works here but I like this idea that all have turned away from God all have gone wrong no one does good not even one because the idea is is the church somehow sets up this ideal that we can do good that we can be good enough and that we can have things together and this is saying "Mm, you know what no one's good not the Jews nor the Gentiles we're all kind of have our own thing we all have our own Sins. We all have our own estrangement, and that's part of it. But there's, but there is good news, folks. There is good news. <laughs> this is just part of it. This is. Paul likes to set us up in Romans. Paul sets us up in Romans one, and then says, "What about all these horrible people?" And then and. Two, he springs a trap and he goes, you say what horrible people I've been talking about, but you're just as guilty. So you think that there's this out group. And he says, nope, we're all in this together. So, goes on to say, obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to bring the entire world into judgment. Nine would say, um, uh, this would, one of the things that this would say is, I would say is, why are we so surprised when people fall? Why are we surprised when people make mistakes? Why are we surprised when preachers aren't perfect? You know, why is that a surprise? You know, why do we, 
feel like the need to judge people if all of all sin all falls short. Um, obviously, the law applies to whom it was given for purposes to keep people from having an excuse to bring the entire world into judgment for before God. For no one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. So here's like this double, double trouble, you know, all sin, all fall short, all, no one can do right. No one does good. And then it goes on to say, for no one can be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. So there's no way of getting right with God. For the more we know about God's law, the clearer it becomes we aren't obeying it. Dun, dun, dun. So that's it. That's my talk today. Thanks, everybody. Y'all shit. <laughs> um, this is the type of stuff that used to keep me up at night when I was a teenager. I never thought I could be good enough. But man, I think if I would have read even just this part, I would have been somewhat happier because I would have been where the part where it says no one is good because I was under the idea and the impression that there was a good people, that there were people who had it together. And usually those were people who were at the church, you know, Sunday morning and were like, hey, Brother Jay, so good to see you, you know. (laughs) Or we sure did miss you last Sunday, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I'm like, oh, these people are perfect. How do they do it? You know, so I was like, I'll pretend that I'm perfect. You know, or pretend that I have it together. Because these people are good. They're, you know, and no one is good. What is good? Um, doesn't mean that people aren't, don't do good things and that there aren't people who are good people. I'm not saying that. This is looking at it in more of a spiritual sense it's, uh, of how God sees us, not how we see each other. Because there's a lot of good people who do a lot of good things out there. But still, they fall short. No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. So for the more we know God's law, the clearer it becomes we aren't obeying it. Um, but now, this is the big but, But now God has shown us a different way of being right in his sight. Not by obeying the law, but the way promised in the scriptures long ago. We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved the same way no matter who we are or what we have done. So it goes into say, we're all made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way no matter who we are or what we have done goes on to say, for all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. See, the work system didn't work. The idea of having laws, rules, and regulations in order to be approved by God did not work. Just wasn't, the more we tried to realize it, the clearer it became we weren't able to follow it. And people go, well, okay, are you talking about the old law? But no, I mean, we have, in churches today, and that's why a lot of people don't go to church today or are done with church, is because we have new laws and new regulations. Conservative churches have rules and regulations of, you know, too many to name. 
And then even liberal churches have kind of ideals of like how you should be and what you should do. I always say that's why both are afraid of grace. If you want to look at how, why everyone doesn't like grace, or doesn't not, not like grace, but everybody has an issue with grace. It's a stumbling block um, because the conservatives are afraid that it'll be licensed to do whatever you want and get away with it. And then the liberals are afraid that it'll be licensed not to do anything. Like, oh, if you get too much grace, you're not going to go feed the hungry. You're not going to go do this, you know. And the conservatives are like, oh, if you have too much grace, you're going to go out and get drunk and you're going to party all the time and <laughs> not obey the Ten Commandments or, you know, whatever. So you've got this 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 fear that people have about grace, this kind of, this worry of grace. That's what we're talking about, though. And when we talk about the law, I'd like to look at it, the law as that way, as in legalism, legalism in the system that we struggle with every day. But now God has shown us a different way of being right in his sight, not by obeying the law, but by the promised in the scriptures long ago. We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who we are, what we have done. 23 says, For all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. So we've been declared not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins and to satisfy God's anger against us. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificed life for us. God was being entirely fair and just. Now, this is really interesting. I really like this because it's very inclusive. God was being entirely fair and just when he did not punish those who sinned in former times. That's pretty amazing, right? That, like, I I've, see people read over that really fast a lot. But to think about that those who sinned in former times were not held accountable. Now, here's the kicker. If that's true, that's really good news for those people, right? Now, the thing is, is if we are going to be held accountable, uh, then it's not, then Jesus is not such good news. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, those people were set free and that, but if we're not going to be set free, then we're not. Does that make sense? How else can I put it? Those who sinned in former times aren't held accountable. Now we're held accountable. You know what I'm saying? Now we're under under some sort of accountability. And it, so I want to I wanna propose is, is that we aren't held accountable because we've been forgiven by grace as well. We've been forgiven. Now, does this mean there's no... Am I just preaching a feel-good gospel? Well, that's a little bit feel-good. But no, I'm not saying there's not consequences when we sin. Um, one of my favorite sayings, and I don't know who coined it, but is we are not punished for our sins, but by them. Now, if you see Tillich's idea of sin as separation, then it's a whole different ballgame. Um, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, 
because our acquittal is not based on our good deeds. It is based on our faith. So we must be made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, God is not only the God of Jews only, is he? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There's only one God and there's only one way of being accepted by him. He makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jew or Gentile. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. And it's like, what? Of course not. I just thought we got rid of the law. Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith can we truly fulfill the law. So it's saying this idea of faith is what fulfills the law. So have you done anything to be accepted? No. Uh, is there anybody who's not accepted by a certain gender or being a slave or free or male or female or Jew or Gentile or no? But only faith fulfills the law. Now, to me, this is not a sermon about heaven or hell. I'm not talking about final destination here. I'm talking about living here on earth because I think eventually everyone is saved whether they like it or not. So we all go to heaven or nobody does. But the idea of realizing it here on earth, are we saved on earth? Are we are we under this grace? You know, we can we receive it? Can we accept it? Well, we do if we know about it. You know? And how do we fulfill that? We fill it through grace. There is no elite. Okay? There's no outsider. You know, we, we're all united in our need for grace. We all need grace. All fall from glorious... You know, I'm sorry, I'm trying to quote something um, that I'm having a hard time quoting. All fall short. All fall short. Not some fall short. And Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees, I've come to call sinners, not those who think they're good enough. The point was he was saying was we all sin. We all fall short. We all have, we're all a mess. We all have, you know, we all don't have our shit together. We all suffer the consequences of separation. But Jesus, is, it's not a, you know, I give you grace. I give you hope. I give you faith. There's no elite. There's no outsider anymore. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, no male nor female, no Greek nor uh, slave. All are one in Christ Jesus. United in one. So that to me is a good, good idea. To me that is good news. Ephesians Ephesians 2.8.9 says, God saved you by special favor when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Now listen, 
You're saved by his special favor when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. You were a masterpiece. Now, if you're a masterpiece, uh, other translations say workmanship, you um, don't build yourself. You don't paint yourself. A masterpiece is something that the artist does. The artist paints. The artist puts together. The artist picks the uh, canvas, picks the paints, picks the picture, picks us things. You know, so we're God's masterpieces, not, you know, we're not trying to figure out how to paint ourselves. We're not trying to do all this stuff, you know. It's something that we've been given. We've been granted anew in Jesus Christ. It's hard, you know, it's hard for us to accept this. You know, it's hard for us to understand this. It's hard to understand that God is working in us through faith and not through our own works. But um, you know, sanctification is something that people talk about. Like you slowly sanctify, and it becomes. My understanding is is that when you're a believer, you know, you're made a saint. You're already saint. You're being holy and blameless. Um, what is that scripture? I think I have it tattooed on my arm. But it's been so long ago; it's getting a little blurry. I believe it's Colossians one twenty two. It says that you've been made holy and blameless as you stand before God without a single fault. That's good news. You know, we've been made holy and blameless. So yes, we all sin. Yes, we all make mistakes. Yes, we're all sinners, but Jesus says, I've come to call sinners, not those who think they're good enough. You know, yes, we fall short. But when we realize that and we're able to accept that, we also realize that we're God's masterpiece, that grace is sufficient. So, that's my little talk today. I hope, you know, I didn't have a bow for it. I usually, you know, sometimes I try to have bows for my talks. (laughs) Today I don't have a bow. It's just the message is what it is. And I hope that we all realize that we're masterpieces and that we have grace and that we can struggle through that. But this is the gospel, and it's tough to understand. This is the gospel. It's it's not always a walk in the park. But, um, but I hope that we're all able to have that faith and find that faith that... Uh, that is good news, because I believe it's good news. I really do, you know, and I hope we can see it as good news and not as a manipulation or a control mechanism, you know, or, you know, a thing for weakness, because I understand. I, I, I have those questions in my head all the time. Is this Is this crap? Is this not real? Is this not... You know, is this just a tradition that my family had and they passed down to me and now I'm following it? You know, or is this good news? Does this put me in touch with the ground of being? You know, does this put me in touch with something that's greater than myself, a higher power? And uh, today I believe it does put me in touch with a higher power. 
maybe uh, the next few weeks we'll talk about what is God because I think that would be a better way of explaining things of you know and how do I know what God is I don't know but I know <laughs> I know there's a lot of different theologians ideas on God a lot of theological ideas on God and we could talk about those different ideas I'm going through classes right now where we're kind of looking at you know different theologians ideas of God and they're so different you know these major theologians that a lot of us follow and don't even realize we follow because we just have heard tradition over time but none of them really can agree on God and Christ and things like that there's so many different interpretations and so many ideas and uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit more about that in the coming weeks so yeah Grace be with you. I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for everyone who showed up. Um, thanks for the folks listening. And, uh, yeah, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for for calling sinners, not those who think they're good enough. And... Uh, I ask you to help us accept that we're accepted. That's my struggle. And uh, that we would find that acceptance in you that we may not have or know. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, real quick, Revolution's nonprofit, and we make our living basically on um, donations. So, if you're listening online uh, or you're here, I'd like to say we'd much rather have you than your money. So know that. Um, but if Revolution is something that you like or you consider your church and you want to support, uh, you can do that by going to revolutionchurch.com and going uh, to the donation button. Or you can go to Facebook and donate there. Um, so, yeah, that's my... To, that's the necessary evil of running a nonprofit. So <laughs> thank you for that, and have a good week. This is Revolution Church.